welcome to Radical Being. In today's show, I'm talking about embodiment, which has been a significant portion of my work for almost 30 years. In particular, in today's show, I'm talking about trusting the body, learning to access its wisdom as a guide for life. Most people are just trying to figure life out and having tools, having our various maps of reality, having some sort of guidance is tremendously useful. I like to offer a couple of paradigm shifting possibilities in my show. What if arguably the best source of guidance for life is your own body? I talk a little bit about how useful it is to get a yes signal from your body. And just like trusting your intuition, the evolutionary journey to learn to trust that, which takes some time. And aligned with that, another paradigm shifting possibility in today's show, what if that sensing, intuitive knowing and trusting is an equally valuable mode of knowing to thinking? Ready to get radical? Let's dive in. Greetings and welcome to Radical Being. If you're tuning in on a standard podcast platform such as Apple Podcasts, I always like to give a little shout out that this is actually a next generation video podcast and you can find the video format on Spotify as well as the show's dedicated website, radicalbeingpodcast.com. And I usually keep the three most recent episodes on my personal site, riverfair.com. And that site has more information about the work and coaching and books and other things that I put into the world. So, but wherever you're tuning in, except for the show's website, you can turn on downloads and auto notifications and be notified anytime the next episode drops and leave ratings and reviews, which are really welcome as the show is still sort of finding its wings. So now that my little video shout out is complete, which is of course redundant for those of you who are sitting there watching me, but thanks for your patience and coming along on this little journey today into embodiment for probably, well, not probably for three decades, in one mode or another, embodiment has been a key aspect factor of my work in the world. Starting my journey as a quote, so-called adult 30 something years ago and going to massage school. So my focus right away became learning about the body and realms of embodiment and really Body is as guide, which is where this show is going today, more than simply embodiment. But for the last several decades and the last definitely 15 years or so of being in, quote, public view with starting with my first book, The Bones and Breath, much of what I have put forth is about embodiment, simply because that's been the work that I've done and, and, and my own journey 
what is it to be deeply embodied in the human experience? Now, on a certain level, of course, we're all embodied. You're walking around in, in <laughs> seemingly, you're walking around in a seemingly, quote, classic Newtonian reality of physical objects. And this body is your vessel in life. And to a certain degree, then, of course, you're embodied. And yet, something I put forth in that first book, The Bones and Breath, there are increasing levels of awareness of embodiment. I've said many times, we're a very disembodied culture. Most of us are living sort of from the neck up, almost entirely in our heads. And that's, I think, even more increasingly true in this age of information. And largely sort of unaware or disconnected from anything happening below the neck, other than signals in it that really will get our attention, like I'm hungry or that hurts or you know, there's pain or I need to go to the bathroom or there's some feeling sexually aroused or so, other sort of noticeable events. Other than that, we, we don't have a lot of awareness and say something we don't have a lot of language for our sensation either. It's simply it's not something that we have learned. And so sort of descending, it doesn't really matter how you think of it. I think of these layers or levels of embodiment, but whether you're descending further into the body or just an increasing awareness. For most people, that very superficial level, as I mentioned, and with increasing self-awareness, you become more aware of what are the sensations, for example, with our emotions? That becomes a very useful tool when we're looking to shift patterns. Every emotion has a somatic component. And as we're looking maybe to rewire our patterns, if we can understand, or not, maybe that might, might be the word, but track and become aware of the physical sensation, say, when we're sad, or when we're angry, or when we're feeling afraid, learning to actually shift those in the body, shifting our patterns somatically is the fast track to shifting our patterns in life. And that's not where I'm going today, but it's, we could do a whole podcast on that. This is, as I said, with the last show on conscious embodiment, this is a conscious relationship, excuse me. This is a huge topic. And I'm just going to, in a sense, skim across the surface today, but not being at all superficial. So levels of embodiment, increasing self-awareness. I, I also bring this forward today as an episode because it is a theme in my work for the last years, but also in the new book that was released in December, which is Where Two Worlds Touch, an outsider's memoir in England. And as I've said in a couple recent shows, it's a book that's cleverly disguised as a memoir. Really, it's part soul guide and part embodiment guide and boy, a journey into trusting the mystery and conscious relationship and vulnerability. And yeah, today's show, trusting the body as guide, which has been my journey for these last decades. Maybe I'll get to some tools and some other things further in the show. 
most people in life, and certainly myself till just not so long ago, I think are just trying to figure it out. <laughs> figure out life, you know, some tools, some guidance. Help me figure this out. Where am I going as a so-called adult or as a parent or making it in the world and you know, the whole fake it till you make it and you know everybody's got to hustle and this and the Martha Beck who I have mentioned in previous shows she's sort of the the grand dame of life coaches I would say she's um, she's Oprah's life coach that's pretty good credentials in my book and her most recent book The Way of Integrity it's pretty much the only book that I recommend to clients, the, at least book that's not related to functional medicine or something. It's the only self-help book that I recommend. And she has a podcast with her partner, Rowan, and I, I think the podcast is called Bewildered, but the tagline is, you know, the show for folks who are just trying to figure it out. <laughs> that's most people, really. Okay, how do I figure this out and what tools can I get? And in that... You know, many of us reach for, right, whatever we can find. Maybe that's spiritual guidance. Maybe that's therapy. Maybe that's psychic guidance or um, tarot cards. That's been something I've been fond of much of my life. Like, right, I'll, I'll draw a card. I need some insight into this situation, right? We wish that we could have the the proverbial classic crystal ball. Like, what, what's coming next? What? How can I... Be prepared for that. What, what, what do I need to know in this situation? And sort of new age folks might choose things like a pendulum, dangling a little, a little bobble on a chain or string. And you know, if it swings one way, that's a yes, and the other way, or it's stillness. And all sorts of tools. I have talked in previous shows about our belief maps. The mind is always seeking to answer that question, why? 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 Or when? Or how? The mind is the perennial, perpetual two-year-old. Why? Why? How? When? And, and in that, our maps of reality are, they're helping us find our way through, whether that's maybe a map of something like astrology or the Enneagram or developmental psychology or, quote, scientific reasoning and experiment, unquote looking for tools. I, I myself have long used tools. Um, one tool in particular, something called muscle testing. It's sort of more formal name is applied kinesiology, which if you look it up on the internet is widely dismissed as a quote, pseudoscience. Don't even bother reading Wikipedia. I, well, <laughs> I won't get on my soapbox about Wikipedia and open source platforms, but neither here nor there, that for me, that has been a useful tool. Um, and I say something about tools overall, like getting, learning to get a yes and a no, like we're just trying to figure it out. Okay. The mind is useful to a certain extent, but we also know that the mind, <laughs> quite frankly, it lies. It says what we want to hear very often. It's often not reliable or, or it can't figure it out or there isn't still a clear path. And so learning as a tool to get a viable, valuable signal that you trust from the body and the body is really where I'm going in today's show. The only place you could get such a message and guidance for a couple of reasons. 
it will circle my way back to maybe muscle testing and tools and yes, no signals in the body and some other things. The body is the only place you can get truly, I think, worthwhile guidance, true guidance, infallible guidance. Now that's a, that's a big claim, but for a couple of reasons. The body is this living archive, just cellular memory of everything that has happened in this life. And some would argue, according to their belief system, even previous lives. It's a living archive. Every cell has memory. So memory is not simply in your brain, in certain sections of your brain. Although lots of scientists want to put that forth. It's, a, it's much more, I would say the brain works much more holographically and the body too. So every cell has memory. And where I was going with that is not only does the body have memory everywhere, the body is memory, the body doesn't lie. And for that, it becomes an invaluable source of guidance. The body doesn't lie. Now, many of us, I, I am a trained trauma therapist and Years ago, I had a practice in somatic resolution of trauma, and I, I always want to give to, a nod to trauma. There are many reasons why, even though the body doesn't lie, we don't trust the body. I think there's a cultural, I know there's a cultural distrust of the body that has been, has its roots back in religion, and there's many sort of cultural reasons why we don't trust the body. It's, it's sinful, it's fodder for the devil, it's, it's lustful, it's unclean, all that sort of religious overlay on it. But those of us who have a trauma history in this life, and or maybe have lived maybe large portions of our life sort of dissociated from the body as a result of that trauma, or many people just feel betrayed by their own body, suddenly, suddenly, seemingly got sick out of nowhere, or something happened, and suddenly we have this challenging diagnosis. And, and many of us myself included, even as a man, We've been at war with our bodies for maybe a good part of our lives. I struggled with my weight for most of my life. People who look at me now and meet me now, okay, they, they can't even imagine me 40, 50 pounds heavier. But that has been my journey much of my life, at war with my body. And that makes it very difficult to be in this place that I'm talking about of trusting the body. I don't even want to be in this body. I've worked with numerous clients. Like, you know, I didn't ask for this body. I don't want to be in this body. I'm not even sure I want to be on the planet, let alone fully inhabiting it. I'd rather just be, be dissociated. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of times when it's been nicer and easier just to sort of be dissociated with. But the value of coming into the body in, in a conscious way, you are in it to some degree or another, that that has been much of my work the last 15 years in sort of the public view as my previous name, L.R. Hartsong, and books and blogs and souls and video, soul-based and video symposiums and, and whatnot and whatnot. The value of being deeply embodied through our senses and the nourishment for the soul when that happens, what is it to be deeply embodied on this journey? Back to, I started this, this little conversation, embodiment versus enlightenment. The, the popular 
the popular path, whether that's because of religion and spirituality, particularly Eastern, but back to just being a very disembodied culture, the popular path is transcendence. Just transcend it. Be, be with the light, recognize your oneness, we're all one, and that is a transcendent journey. Get back to that truth of your oneness and just transcend all this. My view and it's strictly my view, but this might be one of those paradigm-shifting perspectives that I like to throw out in the show, that the whole point of being on the human journey is to fully experience it embodied, not to try to transcend it, not to try to get back to source or oneness or whatever our word for that might be, but to experience deeply the challenges of this body, the beauty of this body, the arousal of this body, the music of this body, to, to hunger and pain and sadness and to be a full spectrum being. To me, that is the invitation for the journey. And the path to that is conscious embodiment. But none of us learn that. Just like we don't learn mindfulness. I, If you've tuned into shows before, you know that both my parents were there, were my, my adoptive mother and her, her husband were, were therapists. And I learned a tremendous amount growing up in a two-therapist household about communication skills and developmental psychology and archetypes and shadow and whatnot. And yet even in that household, I didn't learn a lot about mindfulness. I learned effective communication and active listening and mirroring and things like that, but not so much mindfulness. Not really till I went to massage school, early 90s. I had to think about when I was a long time ago. And similarly, we don't learn about being deeply embodied. We don't, and we don't have a lot of language for our sensations. I have sat with numerous people in different types of sessions, whether those were healing sessions years ago or integration after entheogenic or all sorts of work that I've done and definitely the traumatic work. And I might say something to somebody, you know, well, what are you, what are you feeling in this moment? And they might say something like, well, I, I feel sad at some realization they've had or something. I say, and what, trying to guide them into that a little deeper into some embodiment around that, maybe to shift a pattern. Well, what does that feel like? Often there's sort of a blank stare, like, well, it feels sad. Well, sad is not a sensation. The body's language is sensation. The body's language is sensation. But we don't have a lot of functional vocabulary around that. And so sometimes there I need little verbal cues, like, well, okay, let's start with maybe where in your body do you feel that sadness? With some reflection, maybe that person says something like, well, I, I, I feel it in my stomach. Okay, great. That's a, We're narrowing it in here, right? And okay, you feel it in your stomach. And what? Is there a, a temperature or a sensation with that? What does the sadness feel like? And sometimes we sort of switch back and say, well, it feels sad, right? <laughs> Right. Okay. Is it heavy? Is it cold? Is it bubbly? Is it warm? You're kind of giving people some languaging around that. Like it feels cold. It feels prickly. Okay. We're getting somewhere. Because when we start to identify 
the somatic components to what we're feeling. I said earlier, I think I said earlier, that it becomes easier to shift the pattern. And you could bring in all sorts of various tools here if you wanted to help the client shift their experience or learn how to shift their experience. Okay, it feels this way. What if you imagined it being this way or visualized it being different? There and sort of infinite ways that you could work with sensation, depending on what your motivation is and what your the outcome you're seeking to achieve. But that's that next level of I'm aware of what this pattern feels like in my body. I've been triggered by something my partner says. I'm withdrawing. And if we can become aware of it in our body, that's the place where we shift it. And breath work, I have touched on in numerous shows before. I haven't done a whole show on breath work, and I probably won't. There's so many other people beautifully qualified doing great shows and work on, on breath work. But breath is something that briefly breaks the circuit and allows a different response. So rather than that triggered response of I'm withdrawing here and shutting down, if you take a breath, there is the moment then to enact the new pattern or start creating the new pattern, right? I'm actually going to respond or be open or take a deep breath or open my heart or feel that or something. It's actually a whole podcast on that and I'm not going there today. I want to come back to trusting the body and what a journey that is. I guess maybe the, the takeaway from that last little bit is we need self-awareness. This is a podcast on self-awareness to be embodied in a conscious way to potentially shift our patterns, becoming aware of how our belief matrix, there's a nod to earlier shows, plays out. What's the somatic component? Self-awareness, you say with clients all the time, self-awareness is required here. <laughs> what you do with it in the next step is up to you, but it is, it, it is required. This, let's say maybe something about bodies. So it's a journey, learning to trust the body, definitely, because for those various reasons, many of us don't. We're at war with it. We haven't learned it. We don't have language for it. Why would I even do that? Why is it real? I just sort of keep thinking. I just stay up here in the monkey mind. Right? That's not where you're going to shift anything. The I'm going to make a sweeping generalization here, but I'm owning it from the outside. In my experience and observation, I see that women are much more adept at trusting their body's intuition. Even if they may be deeply at war with their body, I think sort of the nature of the female experience, the inward location of genitalia and your sexual organs, sex itself is this very inner experience, the womb, the whole menstrual cycle. There's, there's many just sort of biological, physical reasons why I think women are much more tend to be, it's my sweeping generalization, just naturally in tune with the body. So much of your experience is internal. Whereas men just sort of even the way we're built and sex and everything else is this largely external event. And there isn't that just as a just said in passing monthly cycle of like, wow, what is my body doing this? Month? Not that men don't have cycles, but that's a whole we won't go there at all today. This and not just women, but many people we talk about gut knowing. Well, I just had this gut knowing. 
I think women are more adept at trusting that than men. But I think likely we've all felt that. It was just sort of, okay, there's a sense here in my gut. Like it didn't feel right, trusting my gut knowing. It wasn't all that long ago that the science, the, the largest nerve in your body is the vagus nerve. And it's this incredibly complex nerve that's super highway from your brain to your enteric nervous system, sort of all through your viscera here, your abdomen, stomach, intestines. And as little as 10 years ago, we used to think that, or science or doctors, that, that crowd used to think that it was the how the brain communicated with everything down here. And what we have discovered is that it is a super highway of information, but it actually goes the other way. It's, it's how the gut is communicating with brain. And, and in that, well, two things, actually, your gut is essentially a second brain. It forms from the same tissue as the brain, and then it divides gut and brain. It's a second brain and, and arguably <laughs> more trustworthy, in my opinion, vagus nerve, polyvagal theory. There's a, it's a, the, the vagus nerve is fascinating in my, in my view, but learning this, this second brain that's sending all this information up there, not just on emotional and, and what we might call electrical signaling levels. And I've, I've touched on this in previous shows like regenerative alchemy and things like epigenetics and the environment that our cells are in at all time, but also things like the condition of the gut microbiome and that that's role with depression and other factors and not going there to hold yet another podcast or things I've already touched on there, but gut knowing that's something we talk about. And yet most of us don't trust that it's, its own journey to trust that, I would say. It's like, like learning to trust your intuition. Maybe it's a beautiful sunny day out and you're heading out of the house and something says, take the umbrella. And you think that that's ridiculous. Look, look at it outside. It's beautiful. It's the, uh, take the umbrella. So you leave the house and whatever, 30 minutes later, or an hour later, it's tipping down rain. And you thought, I knew that something said, take the umbrella. Did I listen? No. And for many people, that's sort of like the pattern through life. I, I knew that somehow, or I felt that and I didn't listen. My own journey, just largely because I am a quote, sensitive and intuitive. Those are words I prefer over the sort of clunkier, clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. Things I feel a lot sticky and have a lot of baggage with them, but they are on some level accurate terms. As a sensitive, intuitive, much of my life I have navigated almost entirely by feeling. How does this feel to me? This doesn't feel right. Okay, I don't have a rational cognitive reason to not do that, but it doesn't feel right. And so I'm not going to do that. And I trust that and to this point, to sort of the nth degree, that's just my mode de vie that is right the body as guide but i have it has been a process and a journey and i have also learned several key signals in my body that for me means yes if i get one of those signals like right okay that's a yes i'm gonna listen to that and follow that 
the same way that I almost exclusively follow my intuition, even with things like business decisions. Hmm. On the surface, this looks like an interesting offer. This person might be seeming like, okay, this might be a good venture or something. But if something in my body is a no signal or anything, hmm, no, I'm not going to do that. Actually, I heard it was a podcast somebody had sent to me and I tuned into part of it and I don't even remember who the host was, but he was sharing that exact thing. Um, and, and it wasn't necessarily about the body overall, but that he had gone into a business venture with somebody, even though something in his gut said no, and the whole thing went sideways. And later he was like, I, I actually knew that, but I didn't listen to my body. And all the reasons we don't do that. I'm going to jump around a little bit until probably 200 years ago, Descartes, arguably, the French philosopher, from that moment on in his famous statement, I think, therefore I am, although he would have said it in French, so je pense, donc je suis, placing the intellect, the vault of the intellect, I think, therefore I am. Whereas, arguably before Descartes, way back into the myths of our evolutionary history, feeling and intuition has been our primary mode of knowing. We didn't have enough information, didn't have that highly developed intellect, rational mind, deductive, quote, logical thinking. And in the last 200 years, we've sort of gone entirely to the swing of the pendulum. Most of us are entirely in that rational, linear, cognitive, deductive thinking, the vault of the intellect, the seat of our identity is in our head, not our heart. That's a major and important shift, I think. And an evolutionary journey, it's kind of unfortunate, but it is what it is. But many people realize, right, there, <laughs> there is another another way of knowing. And that's how I think of trusting the body. It is complementary. It's a conjunction. It's not either or. I know many people and I've worked with many people who are entirely, and they tend to be the quote, scientific people, very rational, entirely dismissive of the body. Well, that's not rational. You, you can't know that. You can't prove that. The intellect, the rational, this is the only way to get viable information. And my view, my own experience is that it's simply a different mode of knowing. Equal, equally valuable, intuitive, sensing. It's non-linear. It's non-deductive. Sometimes it might even seem irrational. That might be a word, a word that people would apply to it. Well, it's not coming from the rational mind. It's coming from this sort of cosmic antenna of the body. It is useful back to people trying just trying to figure it out in life when you it's tremendously useful when you come to trust your own body as that guidance. Life is uncertain. Who knows what's coming next? But if you can tune in and say, hmm, this is what feels right, and I'm going to go with that. And not that our common sense faculties or other things are, aren't useful. It's a conjunction. It's a, it's a balance of the two. I think definitely the, I mentioned a tool 
some years ago in a video symposium. Um, I used to do, I used to do quite a bit of those sort of speaker panel experts and global. And I curiously, I, for the first time in about four years, I have one coming up or I'm going to be a guest in one coming up in April. So stay tuned on that. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But in one of those past video symposiums, I, I don't remember what the interview was even on, but the interviewer asked basically, do you have a tool for people to get guidance from their body? And what I shared, and it's, I don't want to get into it in depth here, it takes too much time, was, but, but it's basically it was a mini meditation on how to get a yes from your body. And I'll just sort of give you the overview of it here. It's sitting, you need to be able to sit up on the edge of a chair, it won't work lying down. But you're essentially determining what a yes signal feels like in your body or a no signal feels like. And the languaging that I used to use around that, it's not my languaging now, I don't even use this now, but I still think it could be a valuable tool, is getting yourself into sort of a quiet spot, as if you were maybe going to do a sitting meditation or a relaxation meditation. And again, you need to be sitting upright so that your body has some potential to move and you might then can determine what is the signal. And languaging that I used to use around that, let's just say, I'd like to be connected to my highest self. Highest self, please give me a clear yes signal in my body. I wouldn't use highest self now, but it's just, it works. And then you just sit for a moment and you're sensing for a slight, or maybe it's not slight, movement in your body, some sensation. Maybe you don't feel anything. You can say, please make the signal stronger. Higher self, please give me a clear yes signal in my body. For me, mine's starting automatically here. For me, it's always been a rocking side to side. And maybe you're not sure, and maybe nothing seems like it's happening. And, and it's possible that for you, the signal for yes is stillness. And so you want to ask what the opposite is so you can compare. So for me, there's this like, maybe you're not feeling it. Okay, can please make the signal stronger. I try not to rock too radically from left to right here, but that's for years was my yes signal. Okay. But it is very helpful to also know the opposite. Again, in case your signal was stillness and that's all you were feeling. Okay. Higher self, you could say body, you could say subconscious, you could use all sorts of different words for expanded wisdom and awareness. Okay. Expanded awareness, <laughs> consciousness, please give me a clear no signal in my body. For me, that is stillness. There's no movement. That's no. Yes. No. And this is a very simple tool. It, it arguably it's not terribly convenient. You know, you can't do it in the middle of the supermarket or <laughs> driving your car. Like trying to make a decision here. What's a clear? I, or I suggest not doing this in your car uh, while you're driving. It, it's not. It's not instant. And but can be a very useful guide. Right. Okay. Here's the sense that's coming from my body. It's not, this is not thinking. This is coming from that cosmic antenna of the body, this living archive. Some more than what my mind can comprehend. Yes. It's still up to you whether or not you're going to trust that and follow that. But for me, the more I followed that, the more I became convinced like, oh, that was the right outcome. That was, that was the right path of action. Okay, I'm going to continue to trust this. It's a positive reinforcement loop. 
the more that we do trust that signal from our body. I have multiple others that just happen sort of randomly, a chill up my neck or a big yawn for me is that's uh, a yes. That you oh, talk about a little rippling up the neck, like, oh, okay, that's a yes. Um, sort of my truth signal. Okay, follow that. That's an affirmation there. I mentioned Martha Beck earlier, uh, something that she says in that very worthwhile book, The Way of Integrity, which absolutely aligned with my own experience and my own coaching with clients. And I don't, I don't remember at all where it is in the book. But she says, here's a paradigm shifting perspective for you. Another one in today's show. The body's response to truth is relaxation. And the minute I said that, my whole belly just softened. It's like, the body's response to truth is relaxation. That is a golden key. It's instant. If you hear a statement or you're maybe trying to make a decision, maybe you say something to yourself, you're feeling a little uncertain and you say like, okay, I'm, I'm safe in this situation. Abdomen relaxes, belly relaxes. Okay, right. That's truth. I am safe in this situation. I am loved or I, I back to earlier, I want still want to give a nod to trauma. And I, I talk at length in my coaching program about what happens in the brain with trauma and how that sort of hijacks everything. But for the most part, for most of us, and I would say even to a degree with, with trauma, the body's response to truth is relaxation. And so simply feeling that, okay, that's the path forward here. It's something other than the vault of the intellect, that deductive, rational, logical, linear thinking. The body isn't thinking. It's arguably wisdom, but it's definitely awareness and intuition and somatic knowing and equally valuable. That's another potential paradigm shift, right? What if, what if that's equally valuable as guidance? It used to always be humanity's guidance. Now it's relegated to the sideline, except for people who talk about embodiment. What if? There are you know, other, other useful tools, I think, out there for getting yes, things like applied kinesiology, muscle testing, beyond the breadth of today's show. I'm looking down at my my clock there, boy, you know, for an embodiment coach to keep this to 30 minutes, roughly, as I said before, sitting on my hands, I, <laughs> I've spent years talking about this. I'm, I'm just getting warmed up. But for today, I think there's a few things that are worth thinking about as trusting the body as guide. And that is as with everything else that I talk about and self-awareness, its own evolutionary journey to become deeply embodied as a human being, trusting the very vessel that arguably you are. Food for thought. Thanks for joining me. I said before, you can rate and follow the show anywhere. Ratings and reviews are very much appreciated. So please and thank you. And I 
I'm going to throw a little shout out here. I wasn't going to do it, but I am. I'm, since I've mentioned Martha Beck twice in this show. In April, Martha Beck and I are having a video conversation, which will be a special edition Radical Being podcast. It was my chill, chill, chill up the neck. And I am thrilled to be not only have that conversation with Martha Beck, but to be able to share it on this podcast as a very special edition. So teaser, stay tuned for April. Actually, it, it won't drop till May, but thanks for joining me. Be well and be radical. <laughs>